passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's episode 14 of season three. Cubs pitchers and catchers report. Don't forget to download, subscribe, and review the Fly the W670 podcast. Also, don't forget to leave us that five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. In this segment, Crawley interviews Rowan Kavner, Fox Sports, to talk about his article on the Cubs having the most disappointing offseason in baseball. Maybe you'll agree. Maybe you won't. Take a listen. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, I'm happy to have on Rowan Kavner, MLB writer for Fox Sports. Rowan, how are you doing today? I'm good, Crawley. How are you? Good. A little jealous talking to you earlier, and you're you're going out to Arizona, and I wish I was there right now, especially in these uh, cold Chicago winters, you know? I bet. Yeah, we're, we're based out on the West Coast right now. It's actually probably colder going there, but, you know, we're, we'll, we'll we'll deal with it. Well, the reason I wanted to have you on, I love your work, but but you had an article that you wrote pretty recently that kind of really got Cubs fans talking, and it was about the most exciting and disappointing teams this offseason. I'm going to put the graphic up here just for the people that are watching on 670 uh, YouTube channel, but the rankings you had for the most exciting Number one were the Dodgers, and I don't think there's any Dodger fan disappointed with their offseason so far. Would you agree with that one? <laughs> I would agree with that one. That one was probably the easiest for me to do here. Yeah, nobody's complaining in L.A. At least they shouldn't be. And then Yankees, too, no argument. I think the Diamondbacks, I think I think they had a really solid offseason, and, and I think they have a really good chance of, I don't know how deep they're going to go. You know how postseasons go, but they set themselves up to be in good shape. Um, you got the Braves at number four, number five, Kansas City Royals. I mean, how shocked were you that they were able to make a deal that large? Pretty shocked. And, and, and um, I wrote, wrote about that as well. Uh, you start to see, obviously, a lot of these teams kind of trying to find creative ways, especially smaller market teams, creative ways of, of keeping their own, which is great. 
Um, in this case, I'm, I'm glad he got the money he did. It seemed to work really well for both sides. But increasingly, you're seeing teams be able to keep their guys a little bit more often. And I think, obviously, the, the salary and payroll disparities are still what they are. But if you get a guy like Witt, you got to find a way to keep him. And the fact that they're able to do that, it gives you a window. It gives you a seven-year at least window to start competing. And so um, I'm hoping we continue to see that trend. I know obviously Atlanta, it feels like has every guy locked up for 20 <laughs> years basically, but um, you know, I, I do think it's important that when you get those guys, they don't leave and increasingly teams are finding ways to do that now. Yeah, it is a good story to see. Now you have on here at number six, <laughs> St. Louis. And as a Cub fan, you knew I'm going to have to stop here for a second. And I'll, I'll tell you what gets, has me thrown off. I just talked to Craig Coldstein on the last episode from Baseball Perspectives about his Pocota rankings. And I, it's, it seems like to me a lot of people really are up on the Cardinals. And I'm looking here and I help me out. I, I, I mean, yes, Sonny, Sonny Gray, I'll, I'll give you Sonny Gray. That's, that's a good guy, you know, to have on you. But the rest of the things, yeah. Talk, talk to me about where you were going with the Cardinals. Now, I want to preface this by saying, so this story, this story was published at the end of January. I know the graphic went up without necessarily some context on explanations here. And so mm -hmm. it's not to me what were the best off-seasons yet, what were the worst off-seasons. There are teams that have done a whole lot less than the Cubs have done right now. You could pretty much look. I know we talked about the Royals, but the rest of the AL Central has done a whole lot of nothing. So there would be teams that would get a worse grade if this were simply grading the offseason. To me, exciting, disappointing is more based on expectation. And so, you know, when you, you look at it, what did St. Louis need to do? They needed to fix the rotation. I mentioned the piece. They were kind of shopping in that middle to lower uh, edge of kind of free agency there. And obviously, Sonny Gray is a, is a, is a real dude who can, who can make a real impact for them. You could quibble for sure about the other guys. But look, they needed to address the rotation. Their rotation is unquestionably better now than when it started. Uh, you know, in the offseason, they have some prospects that can come up and maybe help at some point here. But I, I think it's more a representation of the fact that you look around the, the Major League Baseball right now, there's just not a lot of action. I mean, you, you, you obviously look at the, the top four free agents that have yet to sign. I think it speaks more to how little a lot of other teams have done to get demonstrably better. I think in another offseason, you look at what St. Louis had done and say, okay, all right, fine. But there's just not a lot of teams that have made these types of big splash moves, big trades. I know, and you can look back again, I mentioned that this piece was written in January and you see Baltimore on the disappointing side. That was a day before the Corbin Burns trade. And one move like that in an off season like this can take you from bottom five to top five. If I had to re-rank that, Baltimore would be on the other list. So it's a hard time. You know, you're, you're at the end of January, you're starting February, you're coming up with content ideas. Obviously, you can't grade an offseason fully at that at that point. Um, and, and I do mention that in the article. I'm just going off of what I've seen so far. And I mentioned even on the Cubs part, and I'm sure we're going to get to that, one or two moves, and all of a sudden you're looking at this offseason completely differently. And I think if you're a Cubs fan, you're thinking, there's time here. There's time here. Things can still get done, 100%. Um, I was only going off of there. And, and look, you can definitely quibble with Cardinals at six, was it incredible? No, but they did need to address that side of things. And, and I, I know you mentioned some of the standings coming up, Dakota, things like that. There's a reason that the Cardinals, by most measures, by some measures, some people think they're going to be first. I know it's kind of a, a four to five win difference, basically, between you could argue the top basically four teams in that division. Um, could they have done more? Sure. They probably should have been shopping at a higher end earlier on. But uh, just based on what I've seen from the rest of the league, 
I, I felt not great putting them at six, but uh, that's what I had. All right. And, and, and like you said um, a little bit earlier, you were talking about uh, you did have disappointing. Now we're moving over to disappointing at number six, the Marlins. And I agree with you on there. I mean, it, you know, Jorge Soler just signed with the giants um, but you know, it, they just didn't do much after a good season. Then you got San Fran at number five, which is weird because no one seems to want to take their money. Um, <laughs> you know, they made a couple moves, but you know, when, when you were talking as big as what people are expecting and then, uh, number four, you, you mentioned Baltimore, like you said, the article gets published and then boom, they get Corbin Burns. And I'm like, it couldn't have been to the Cubs, right? You can it couldn't X have been that to the Cubs. Out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know you can X that out and move them over. But, and again, this is speaking to, to this off season in particular, where you look at the free agents that are out there, you look at the trade market. I think a lot of teams have been waiting because there are so many kind of names that were on that, that trade market. I think there are still teams talking about a lot of, you know, maybe potentially big deals and they want to wait to see, who maybe gets moved before they go and commit uh, on a guy for, you know, a nine figure deal in free agency, if they think they can swing something better and in, in, uh, on the trade market. But again, one, one move in this climate, and especially if you're a team like Baltimore, which, which seemed to very clearly need an ACE and, and you've been sort of waiting for them to, to make this big move up until that point, all they'd done was get Kimbrell. Um, I, I thought if there's a time to, to go make a move now is it. And again, at the time, I think I published, the ownership change had just sort of started to happen. Things got really exciting for that team about 48 hours after that piece published. And that's 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 inevitable when you're writing about free agency in January. Um, and again, we could have this talk two days from now and maybe one of the free agents that we're, we've kind of been throwing around here is, is, is a Cubs uh, is bound for the Cubs. And, and it's a different story. Now, from your lips to the baseball gods ears. But uh, <laughs> when you take a look at three and two. Um, it's interesting because I, you know, even three, two, one, when you talk about Red Sox at three, Blue Jays at two and Cubs at one, I think those were all teams whose fan bases were saying, okay, you know, with the Red Sox, they've been down for a little bit. And, and when their brass says go full throttle and your full throttles, Tyler O'Neill and Lucas Giolito, I mean, that's not full throttle. No. Yeah. I, I think, I think you could a hundred percent make the argument that they could be number one on this list. And I, there's no problem there. Um, I think I'm just going based off <clears throat> recent off seasons and and my actual belief on on whether I can trust that that ownership group is going to spend the money that it needs to do, and and they say full throttle. We just haven't seen it yet, and and in a while um, to really make the moves that that this team needs to to get uh, out of the basement. You could 100% put them at number one. I would have no problem with that. They haven't done what they need to do to really be able to compete in that division. It's been super disappointing. It's been full throttle toward another mediocre season, I think right now uh, in Boston. And um, so, yeah, you could definitely, you could definitely make an argument that, that anyone in that top three group could go kind of one, two, three. I look at Toronto and to me, again, this is again, disappointing. What did I expect coming into this? You start having people reporting. I think if you're in Toronto, you're thinking, Oh my gosh, we're getting Otani. <laughs> and, and then you get what you got so far. And I don't think this offense has gotten better to a point that, again, that they can compete. There's a lot relying right now uh, on Vlad and Bichette and Springer. They just haven't done enough offensively. And I think you think about Toronto, you think about the firepower of that offense. That's the group that really let them down this year. The, the rotation was one of the best in baseball. They were great. Um, they needed to add more. And I know they added Justin Turner. I still think they need to do more offensively right now. And it's more just if you think you're getting Otani and you have reports that he's going there, and he doesn't go there and you don't really make another kind of splash offensively that I think disappointment wise, you got to be feeling it. 
Right. And then that takes us now that, I mean, there's people literally at the airport waiting for Otani to come off a plane, you know, and it was the, it was the guy from Shark Tank. I mean, like how much more disappointing <laughs> can you get? But yeah, I think you... that was, that was the <laughs> in most insane 24 hours. Uh, I think if you're a Toronto fan, an Angels fan, a Dodgers fan, I mean, you know, if you, Chicago thought maybe they were in it, I, you know, it, who knew? Um, so that was, that was nuts. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And and then for number one, you did put Cubs, and this is where the debate came in with a lot of people. And people I think a lot happy. of people, <laughs> I think people were not happy, but I think people also understood. To me, it was a 50 50 mix from what I felt from Cub fans. I think that there were Cub fans that understood what you were talking about. Yeah. And I think there were Cub fans that obviously are going to disagree with you. But I'll just say from from my fan point, where I'm sitting in a fan cave right now, you know, when when they shocked everybody. And they swiped Craig Council from the Brewers. For a lot of people, it was very reminiscent of getting Joe Madden in 2015. And right after that, then they get John Lester. And all of a sudden, you you feel like, okay, now things are rolling. Sure. And, and that was, I guess, kind of the feeling. And then the other part of it was that the Cubs were in like every single rumor. Like it was the Cubs are in on uh, Shohei Otani. The Cubs are in on Yamamoto. The Cubs are in on, you know, pretty much, you know, we made a little wish list at the beginning of the off season and it's getting smaller and smaller here. Um, but you know, we, we were, you know, thinking that, you know, boy, the Cubs were in on all these guys and you know, it was exciting. You know, I was at, uh, the, the press conference interview with Imanaga showed Imanaga. So we'll see what happens. And you mentioned Michael Bush, but there's a lot of young guys on this team. So there's a lot of uncertainty. And I guess right now for the Cubs, you know, I know Five of the athletics top 25 free agents are still out there and they're all Boris clients, Bellinger, Snell, Montgomery, Chapman, and Martinez. But I think for a lot of Cub fans, the thing they were looking for was a bat, you know, who's going to replace Cody Bellinger's offense. And, and that's yet to be decided still. Yeah. And, and you touched on all of it. I actually think that the council, you see, you, you, you get a guy like that to go manage your team, and obviously he might be able to do a little bit more with less. That might buy you a couple wins alone, having a manager who kind of just knows the right buttons to push, especially late in games. But that almost made you feel a little bit more like, all right, this is it. And there is, you know, a, a I think a three-year window when you look at the contracts on this team for the Cubs to really – they don't have to go all in on, on 2024. It's not necessarily um, – you have a little bit of time to kind of see what you got in some of these young guys. Um, but you look at the last couple years and, and the contracts that that have, have uh, been signed here, and, and you and you think about kind of this push, and you get Dansby, and and you know you see Suzuki and Tyon, and and, and and you know you get Council, and it sort of just feels like all right, now we're kind of going. 
And then it's just sort of kind of crickets. And you mentioned Imanaga. I think that's exciting. He, he could be a really nice piece. But when you lose Stroman, when you lose Bellinger, um, I, I still think this offense, even with Bellinger, was maybe an impact bat away from, from really challenging, you know, some of the top teams in the National League. So you lose a guy like that and you don't replace it. Um, you know, I think I look at the corner infield and, and think that you could get better there. Um, so I, it just feels like, could this team compete to win a division? hundred percent. They're right there at the top. If you want to argue Cardinals, Brewers, whatever, I mean, even the Reds, totally understandable. They're right there. It just felt like this is, this is a winnable division. And it felt like now was kind of the next step that they could kind of continue this, this, pretty fast rebuild after a really exciting year. And there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic about that. So you're just waiting for that one move and it, it just doesn't, hasn't happened yet. And that's why I put them number one. Again, you want to put Boston one totally understandable there. I get that. I still think this is a Cubs team that should be able to compete for a division. This is not who had the, the who, who's the worst team in the NL central. No, that's not what this is. I just feel like you feel like they're kind of going now and, and that there's still a little piece away from from really separating themselves this is a division where there's a chance to really uh kind of claim that top spot and, and and no one's really done it yeah and and again you know i mean we'll we'll see what happens they have they do have a lot of young talent coming up but but when you see kind of some of the other big market teams and again you know the dodgers you know with with you know just blowing money like that it's just kind of like i don't know kind of, it feels like that the cubs should have been more active but like you said we still, you know, pitchers and catchers for the Cubs are reporting when we're recording this, they're, re they're reporting tomorrow. And then the full squad is going to be on Monday, the 19th. So, you know, you get worried with some of these guys, are they going to, you know, for all the, if they how much time they're going to miss in spring training, how that might affect their performance in April and May. Sure. And I think you talk to hitters, especially it's probably less of a detriment. And, and I think a lot of those guys would say, just give me a week and, and, and I'm ready to go obviously with pitchers and ramping up. That's a little bit different. Um, I would still, like, if I had to guess right now, I would expect the Cubs to get one of those guys. I would think that they are going to get one of those guys. And obviously you look at those rankings and and now that's all, you can throw that out the window. I would expect them to do that. I think it is a disappointment if they aren't able to do that. Um, I think they could really use uh, an impact bat, especially one who hits from the left side. Um, I'm interested to see what Michael Bush does as someone who has covered the Dodgers for a while and has been based on the West coast, you know, we, we saw a little bit of him, but he was kind of just blocked in LA. You, you heard about the, uh, his, his hitting ability, especially. Um, so I'm excited to see what he could do with maybe a little bit of, of a runway here. Um, I think everyone's excited to see what Kate Horgan can do when, when he gets that chance, but um, you're just not sure. And, and the Cubs have seen guys come up and it takes some time, you know, you, especially for, for hitters, it might take a year before you start to see a guy look comfortable again. I think everyone, wants to see what PCA can do. Can he kind of be an impact guy? You know what he's going to do defensively. Can he, can he offer that offensively? Well, you know, what's the ceiling there? So there's a lot of reasons to be excited. It's a great farm system. Make one more signing. Do something that you can just kind of say, all right, regardless of what these young guys do, you're not relying on them. It's just additive to a group that's already something you can feel really strong about. And you're going to be heading out to Arizona and, and obviously there's going to be a lot of fun storylines, the spring breakout game. I am so excited. I'll be going to that one. Awesome. Um, so it, that's going to be fun, but you know, I've been to Glendale that's, you know, where the Dodgers play and I can't even imagine how nuts that is right now. I got friends already down in Mesa. What are you going to be looking for when you get to Cubs camp? What are, what, what are you going to, hopefully obviously another signing, but what are some of the stories you're most interested in? Yeah, I think we, we, we chatted about that. I think that's probably, you know, <laughs> 
I'm hoping by mid to late February that one of these guys has at least signed and is in a camp somewhere. I would expect that to hopefully be the case, but I, I, I guess who knows? And I mean, I think if you're a Cubs fan, obviously, Monica, you've heard a lot of chatter about him. He's kind of the one guy that I think people's eyes are on. You, you don't know how he's going to perform necessarily. So all you can kind of go off of is, is sort of the eye test there. I think that's going to be something to look at. I, I'm excited to see what PCA can do. You know, if this is the roster, that's obviously a huge opportunity for him to, to uh, probably start the year in, with a big league club and, and, and maybe, you know, really have a chance to kind of break out there. But I think you turn your attention to some of the younger guys. Obviously this farm system is, is pretty stacked and, and they should have guys really, you look at those top like three uh, on those prospect lists. And I know you talked about Bush as well. They should all be able to impact the, the big league roster at some point this year. But um, I, I still think one of those free agents should, should go there. I mean, even if you don't cross the, the, the CBT threshold, you can get right up to that and still potentially get one of those guys. So I, I, I would think that with just the excitement that the council edition brought that, that there's a little bit more that can still be done and maybe they're cooking something. Maybe it is something on the trade market. Um, you know, obviously there are a lot of pieces in that farm system that could potentially uh, bring a big piece. Um, I think you look at what, what it costs for Burns and, and obviously Baltimore was, was stacked, but I think if you're a team with a, a rich, farm system and you say that's what it costs for burns we can we could do that um so maybe there's something there but i would be shocked if this team right now this cubs team right now is the same one that that starts on opening day all right thank you rowan where can our listeners find your work and find you on the socials yeah you can go to foxsports.com and and find my work there um just at my name at rowan Kavner on Twitter. A lot of you have uh, came, came to know me after that article published, but I do encourage you to actually read the article um, even beyond the graphic. And I try to explain, look, this may be where it is right now, but one or two moves can completely change the outlook of, of a team's offseason. I think the Amonaga signing is great. I still think they could do one more thing. I was expecting a little bit more. Thank you so much, Rowan, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me.